Today, we're taking you behind the scenes to show you how innovation happens at a massive brand. Our guests, David Lee and Ryan Rice of Miller Coors, shared how thinking beyond the barriers of your roles and betting on what you believe in can drive innovation and change in even the largest companies. Plus, the pair shared their perspective on diversity and inclusion, which you're not going to want to miss. Fresh off the stage of the Brand Activation Marketing Conference, uh, I am happy to welcome into the podcast studio today, Ryan Rice, the VP of the Coors Family of Brands, and David Lee, the Head of Licensing and Partnership for Miller Coors. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, this is a crazy day and we're running all over the place, so I really appreciate you guys taking a few minutes to talk to us. All right, excited to be here. All right. Um, so I would love to start off just really briefly, if you could both, um, Ryan and David, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and how your journey led to where you are right now in the, the Miller Coors brand. Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, this is Ryan. I'm someone who has spent uh, my time in various types of roles, some of it sales, some of it marketing, some of it consulting, some of it research. Uh, but I've been with Miller Coors 13 years and have spent my time moving across some of those functions within. Uh, I've been leading the Miller brands for some of that time, and most recently now I'm leading the Coors brands. Phenomenal. David. Yes, David Lee. I've been at Miller Coors for 10 years. Uh, a lot of my career before Miller Coors has been in consulting for different CPG companies and uh, doing some M&A work. And so when I came to Miller Coors, I joined their strategy team. Uh, in there, I would work on different strategic initiatives hey, what's our mission here? Mm. Our mission really is to elevate brands and really to connect with those hard-to-reach influencers. How do we get culturally more relevant and authentic to mm. reach that consumer? So we created a whole new function, and he asked me to create this uh, licensing group, which is actually much more consumer-focused. And in licensing, we do a lot of partners with apparel partners that are culturally relevant, so in California, to partners with uh, Coors Light, mm -hmm. Topo Designs, or snowboard partners and things like that. So that's what we do today. But we also do things like um, branded foods. Mm. Uh, so we have some extensions in our group and things like that. So it's a little bit multifaceted, including e-commerce. Very, very yeah. cool. Yeah. So you just presented about this big, massive change that maybe on the outside can be like, yeah, obvious, like go back, like, yeah, throwback, obviously, it's, th it's Thursday, why right. not change the yeah. entire look of your entire product? Right. Um, but internally, I'm sure that looks a lot different. How is the process of change on that scale handled within the brand? Right. Yeah, some of the best marketing ideas look wonderfully obvious afterwards. Of course they did that. That's, that's, I, I would have done the same. Uh, but going forward in forward motion, it can be really, really difficult. So uh, what you were talking about was the change that we made in Miller Lite five years ago from a blue kind of modern look that looked like an imitation of Bud Light to a lot of people back to its original look and the white can that it started with and then changing our entire brand world and meaning to line up with that. Um, it was a hard sell internally. At first, I was really told no. It's too big of a change to make on a piece of our business that's far too large. And the way of selling it in took a couple of months. Uh, as I explained from the stage to folks, uh, a couple of the tactics were to say, let's, let's dip our toes in the water with this and let's call it a limited edition. This is something we really ought to try. And if it doesn't work, a limited edition can be pulled back. 
or let's put it out there in the world because it's being used in movies in different places. It's starting to grow in pop culture, and let's let's use that to say we are giving this a try, right? And so just trying to take the risk out of it for senior management so that we can get just another step forward in what we need to do. Yeah. It always comes I feel like it always comes back to framing. And it's yeah. just because I think, you know, one very at an axiom in the marketing world is it's all emotional. Like you can go any talk about differentiating and position, but it's really all emotional. And this is no different. Convincing your your colleagues and your peers to uh, dive in on a big idea that needs to resonate with them emotionally. For ideas that don't come from the very very top, how have you seen kind of innovation bubble up? through the brands? Uh, do you have a, a structure in place or is it more of a kind of a mindset or philosophy? You know, it's an interesting challenge that we have to try to get ahead of trends before they come out. Um, and with that, the challenge is you don't always have the data to really get people convinced that this is going to happen. It's You're proving it out. I think one example with, the, with Miller Lite at the time was the ugly sweater. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is a great case study that, you know, Miller Lite team owns. But in the beginning, it was just a fledgling idea from my team and said, hey, we're noticing things out in the market. Uh, I showed some pictures of pub crawls or people wearing ugly sweaters, Matt Damon, Katy Perry wearing them on the DeGeneres show, to uh, uh, I think there was a marathon in Southern California with ugly sweaters. And it was, it was happening where a lot of our partners in retail, you know, working with the urban outfitters of the world and Zoomies and stuff, they were talking about knits. And so wouldn't it be interesting if we can create an ugly sweater, specifically for Miller Lite? We're trying to solve a problem. At the time, we were launching a uh, new Q4 program. We were having that, uh, this, what was it called, the Steiny bottle? Yeah. And um, so with we, 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 I was also told no in the beginning. Hmm. Say, no way. That's just the worst <laughs> idea possible. Um, but persistence is important. Yeah. So there was a leader at the time, the director, said, hey, I've gotten told no about four times, but here's the reason why I think it'll help. And he finally agrees that only if you take on 100% of the risk, you go find the money, mm. and uh, I won't, won't give you a dollar. But if you do that and you feel that you're so strong about this, you'll make it happen. I said, okay, I'll do it. So we found the partner, Forever Collectibles. We, we designed it, helped design it. We took a, an Instagram photo and translated that into an actual knit design. That's amazing. And... Um, I think it was a great success. I mean, uh, I won't take the credit for all the programming around. It's all the Miller Lite team. But it was just a wonderful Q4, 61% four five, velocity. Four or five years running now. Yeah, it's, we're on the fourth year on this. Yeah. And it was all because of a risk that we took. And it was all just because of what is coming that is going to be culturally relevant with our consumers. Mm. The ANA is looking to showcase the most innovative, impactful, and groundbreaking brand activation campaigns of 2019. Get the recognition you deserve by entering the 2020 ANA Reggie Awards. Honoring excellence in brand activation marketing campaigns, this preeminent awards program is open to internal and external agencies, corporate marketing teams, media firms, and marketing solution providers, and recognizes small and large brands across all industries. This year's program will feature 23 categories, ranging from influencer, experiential, and promotional marketing to challenger brands, sports or esports marketing, and the coveted Marketing Futures Reggie. You might even end up as a guest of this podcast. 
Do you have what it takes? Enter now at reggieawards.org before the final deadline of January 29, 2020. That's R-E-G-G-I-E awards.org. Are there tech trends right now kind of bubbling up, maybe not totally commercially viable mm-hmm. and out there that you got your eye on or that to you, even for the Miller Coors brand or just for marketers in general, that you think is a potential really big piece of our toolkit in the next five, 10 years? Yeah, we um, had been starting to do more with AR. So just, you know, everyone notices the phones in, in people's hands and that they're engaged with it. And it, if you've been to a bar, you see a lot of people with their phones in their hands, maybe not even looking at each other. So we've been working a lot on how can we make more engaging experiences with the thing in their hands and with each other so we can get them kind of talking to each other again, having mm-hmm. some fun with those things. And I think there's just a lot of runway in that space for us. Absolutely. David, in the partnership area, um, are, is that kind of confined to clothing accessories right there? Or do you kind of, is the, the, the is it blue skies um, to what partners you look to? Well, there's a lot of partners, uh, partnerships in our company, and I'm not going to uh, uh, claim that I run all of that. There's sports and entertainment, which is a whole new, uh, it's a different discipline. And mm-hmm. um, I do focus more on the merchandise um, food licensing and e-commerce elements, uh, which is also like uh, hard goods, soft goods, coolers, and things like that. Um, for beer, it is quite relevant, and it's actually if you go to any Target, for example, Young Men's, you'll see a NASA Sriracha T-shirt, and you'll also see some alcohol. You know, Jim mm-hmm. Beam ourselves, and so it is a space that we're all trying to fight to become, you know, relevant. But it's not only the, just the placement that I care about; it's it's the really smart integrated marketing that we do on top of it. Uh, we had a great partnership with Coors Banquet. Um, it's still it's still running. It, um, Banquet in Brixton. I don't know if you've heard of that Southern California brand, but they've got roots in surfing and, and skateboarding. Fantastic partnership. Um, and it really started out with a test of, do we have the same shared values? Um, does this uh, hit our target consumer in the right way? Is Are these the passion points that the banquet brand wants to, uh, you know, go after. So grunge music, photography at the mm. time was big. Um, a lot of great looking hipster folks, you know, were latching onto that brand and we just needed a, a passion point venue to really interact with them. And so we're also in like a third, third year run-in with, with Brixton. And we've got a ton of earned media. We threw a free concert in the desert of California. We had um, that panda appear um, she's got her own facebook page she travels all around the world body surfing different concerts mm-hmm. of snoop dogg and everything so when she came to our concert we knew that boy we, we hit the nail on the head with the cultural zeitgeist so well that's awesome that you've you know as confined as it might be that you've the possibilities you seem to have like kind of really stretched and found like every area where there there could be to activate. Yeah, we're trying to become more authentic. We re- recognize that with today's consumer, traditional marketing has lost some of its effectiveness. There's definitely a place for it, and it's very uh, effective in our portfolio of marketing tools. But some of them, it, it gets lost simply because we paid for it. And when we, we go to the element where we're bringing in partners that think we're cool, it's a whole nother ball game. I give the analogy of how I met my wife. Um, I married up. And uh, if I went up to her 
and said, hey, I'm kind of smart, I'm funny, I'm a good time, come and date me, of course she'll say no. But her, if her best friend came and said, hey, I want you to meet David, he's smart, he's a good time, you should get to know him, I'll have a chance. So when I have a retailer in, in downtown Chicago called Una Mays or this uh, El Belmont Army Surplus Store mm-hmm. saying, check out Coors Banquet, they're cool. They're my best friend, and they're, rep- they're the buyers of these cool stores that the LGBTQ communities wear. Then all of a sudden, I'm invited to the party. Or if Brixton comes and throws his concert and has you know, us along for the ride banquet, we become so relevant. And I, I couldn't even pay $2 million to get that kind of credibility. So for us to really infiltrate those hard-to-reach influencer groups and in that credible way, that's sort of new modern marketing that I'm trying to drive. I love it. I love it. So uh, this is the point in our podcast. Uh, Ryan, David got a little prep for this. So he's been able to think about it for a few minutes, but we're putting you on the spot. Yeah, put him on the spot. This is it. This is you're in the hot seat. Like hot wings. Um, No, but so we all, we ask all of our guests uh, three questions and I'd love to hear from both of you on all three. Um, First, Ryan, what are your thoughts on diversity and and inclusion? Uh, Just kind of in general in the marketplace. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I actually helped teach the course at our, our company about diversity and inclusion because um, I've spent part of my time in, in field marketing, which, you know, is very much localized. And we just have, we have customers of, of so many backgrounds and beliefs and everything. It's just, uh, it's, it's so far from homogeneity. I can't even say it. Yeah, but, but we all know. Yeah, you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> Our listeners um, know. It. No, my my point is that um, you can't even begin to run a team. You can't even begin to market to people without really uh, understanding them, including uh, their beliefs and uh, um, their whole selves into what you do. And so we've moved beyond at our company talking about just diversity. We've gotten very much into the inclusion side mm-hmm. of things and talking about how um, the ingredients all work together, right? It's not just about having a diversity of ingredients, but it's the mix of them and how you, you work together that. that matters. And so we have been putting together more diverse teams and gotten better at tapping into the power of those teams mm-hmm. with, internally. Um, we have, for example, employee resource groups of different uh, affinities across the company that we've really started to tap into and say, I've got a marketing idea, but I need your help. I need mm-hmm. all of your help. Can we sit down for a little bit together? And and so including the, the resource groups in our marketing discussions has been a massive step forward for us. But then on the other side of things is the empathy for the marketplace, right? And so mm-hmm. teaching marketers to think about, you know, backgrounds and cultures outside of themselves and how... There are universal truths, but then there are also the, the top spin or the ways that you go to market that you've got to be thinking about. So it starts with us discussing it internally and applies very much for the marketing team on external you know, usage too. I love it. Love it. Um, that was, yeah, some absolutely great stuff. Um, David, diversity, inclusion, what are you thinking? Well, I don't know if your podcast listeners can tell. I'm, I'm a minority. I'm Korean. Um, this is something I'm incredibly passionate about. Um, not only for uh, our company, but for consumers too. I, I very much want to think about consumers first before anything. You know, as marketers, sometimes we get um, insular and think about our brand, and then we don't think about the consumer. I'm, I'm definitely always trying to fight that and want to think about the consumer first. 
Well, there's no secret that our country makeup is is changing, and even the next year, the the, the people being born in this country are uh, flipping not to be white anymore. It's it's mm -hmm. going to be mixed cultures. Um, so I lead our Ryan talked about an ERG. I lead our Asian ERG for our company, um, and we've we've got strategies to really combat the issues not only that we're facing within Miller Coors but also for a consumer base. So for within Miller Coors, our leadership is not as diversified. Look at Asian Americans or women, for example. Uh, our makeup and leadership above a certain level is we were diminished, and that's true with every company in the country. You look at politics. Uh, Asian American representation isn't there relative to our population. Mm -hmm. Same thing with company leadership. Um, and there's reasons for that. We're trying to get more leaders of, of color or Asian-specific uh, descent to help that because that's one of the ways you can drive that change. Um, but for consumers, uh, you know, they have such income. They have such disposable income, and it's just growing. So a lot of luxury products like Gucci bags, they've recognized it quite a bit. Uh, we're trying to drive a business case within the alcohol industry, beer specifically, on what the value of this cohort should be. I know if 20 years ago if we said, hey, we should look at the Latino consumer 20 years ago and we'll build a plan for that, we'd be in a much better position today. Uh, I'm trying to get that same narrative for the this type of consumer that's rapidly changing, even far faster than mm -hmm. Latino was 20 years ago. We're going to see much rapid pace, and I'd love for us to get ahead of it. And so we're trying to build the case of, what should we do? How should we do it? And um, what, what can we do to enable that to happen and, and change management? Mm. Some all-time great responses on the podcast to a very important question. So thanks, both okay. of you. Um, so here we go. This is the moment of truth. Ryan, what's your favorite album of all time? And why? Ooh, right? That's big. Right? No, that, we, we don't play around here. It's one of the, most, the biggest questions you've asked so far. <laughs> you do not play around. Um, oh, let's go to David first. I'm going to have to. All right. Yeah, let's, give him, a, let's give him some That's thoughts. That's true. That's true. All right. Yeah. Um, and I've had a moment to think about it. Right. So I've actually was at a bar drinking some Miller Lite last week, and we actually talked about some of the best albums ever, debut albums in particular. Mm. Um, some that hit the list, like Janet Jackson, Control. Uh, I'm talking about women. Um, uh, Whitney Houston had a great album. Uh, there was Boston had a great debut album. Um, the Outfield uh, had a great album. Bon Jovi had a great album. For me, I, I like there is the greatest hits of Journey. Mm. And so for me, that's, <laughs> that's got to be one of my uh, all-time favorite albums. It's not... An individual album is a compilation, but come on, there's yeah. Don't Stop Believing, Lights. Uh, there's so many great album, uh, songs on there. So that's my answer. Love it. Love it. Ryan. All right, back to me. To yeah. Top of mind, because I, I just saw Ziggy Marley a couple weeks ago nice. in, in New Orleans. I mean, when I want to be happy, Bob Marley legend, you know, it's a greatest hits again. And absolutely. I know it's a cheat, but like that is. An album's an album. If it comes out in the store, <coughs> you can buy it and put it into your compact disc player. Yeah. It's an album. All right, we'll take it. Love it. Love it. That's actually one of my top five as well. Um, so, guys, thank you so much. Uh, I know you've been running around doing so much at this conference that we can't tell you how much we appreciate. Um, but yeah, uh, so now it's time for me to personally thank you. Thanks so much for being such great guests on the Marketing Futures Podcast. And this is the Marketing Futures Podcast, and you heard it here first.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Marketing Futures Podcast. Got an idea for a future guest or topic? Shoot us a note at marketingfutures at ana.net. Make sure you subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast Network and leave us a review. We'd love to know what you think. Want to learn more about brand activation? Head on over to ana.net slash brand dash activation. And as always, to learn more about the future of marketing, head on over to marketingfutures.ana.net.